Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. If you're starting with absolutely nothing, what about deal sourcing? Absolutely. Deal sourcing is a good way to get started. And absolutely. A good, a good introduction. Yep. But what is deal sourcing, Kieran? Deal sourcing is... Before you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) You got there first. Uh, No, uh, deal sourcing is where you do the research, the due diligence, the finding of the deals, and you package that up and sell that information and that deal onto a property investor who's got the money to do the deal. And you take commission from it. Which is why people call it deal packaging as well. Deal packaging, deal sourcing... All the same names, same umbrella, same same thing. And how does that, do you think, benefit the end buyer? So this, this comes down to what it is you've got to give. If you are cash rich, time poor, you might have enough money to do a deal, but you've got so many fingers in so many different pies or you're running your own business, or but you still want to do property. You employ a deal sourcer and suddenly... You don't have to put in that time finding a deal. If they're a good deal sourcer, they will go out, they will find the deal, they will negotiate the deal. So all of that groundwork, that legwork, that hard graft, if you like, that you need to put in at the beginning of a deal is done for you. You come in with, you know, from the deal sourcer. The deal sourcer hands over the deal to you. You, you pay them their fee and they receive their fee. The deal is now yours to do with as you wish. And they, they've, negotiate, they've negotiated with the seller. They've got the price. And, and they've done all of that initial work for you, finding a good, profitable deal. What I find really interesting is this, that most times, obviously, when people are selling a house, they'll use an agent, an estate agent. Sometimes yeah. they might do it privately or do it through auction, but more often than not, they'll use an agent. And the agent there is to act in the best trust interest of the seller. Yes. Now, sometimes some people, and it might be true for a very, very small minority, start thinking that the estate agent is their friend and acting in their best interest. Well, they have an obligation to always act in the best interest of the seller because it's the seller who's paying their fee. Yeah. So with the deal sourcer, you're a buyer, and the deal sourcer is acting in your best interest because you're paying them a fee. Uh, so that they're going to get all the information for you, as you've said, save you the hard graft, but do all the heavy lifting for you as well and try and get you the best deal possible because they don't get paid until the deal gets done. Exactly that. I mean, And they don't want you to pay them once, they want you to pay them multiple times because so they want to find you more property deals. So they'll want to make sure that they do a good job for you. Whereas if you're a buyer on your own and you've never bought property, or you don't have much experience, you might make quite a few mistakes and the deal source or a deal source are there. It's going to help you. Absolutely. But also, I mean, on the flip side of that is I sold my last, one of my last properties through a deal sourcer. I sold it through it. And that made my life really, really straightforward from, from a sales point of view because I knew what I was getting into. Okay, I've got some experience in property. That's 
So I knew what was going on. I knew what was happening. But fundamentally, I needed to sell at a minimum price. I knew I knew what my values were. I knew what the deal was. I was introduced to a deal sourcer. They had an investor that they knew was interested in the area that I was selling in. We hashed out a deal. They took it to to their to their buyer. Their buyer accepted. We exchanged. You know, we laid out the contract. We exchanged. They got paid. Buyer bought the house. I sold the house. It worked for everyone. And and that's without having to go through all the little nitty gritty bits of I've got. 17 people coming around to view the house this weekend. I've got, and it just eliminated all of that for me. And it doesn't work it's like that every smooth. time. Yeah, no, it isn't. You're right. But, but a good deal to is, or deal packager is worth uh, their weight in gold. Absolutely. So as you know, I mean, even I, uh, I say even I, I use deal sources quite often. Well, I mean, you've got a lot of other stuff going on, to be fair, Shaz. It is, it's, it's convenient, but yeah. they all just say, I'm looking for this type of property in this type of area. It should, should lend itself to doing this, this, this. They've got the criteria. Go out there and find me things within a, a particular area. Uh, and they'll then go away and just keep looking at them and stuff comes, they'll bring it to my attention. It saves me all of that time and effort. But, and this, this is another advantage of deal packaging, deal sources, is a lot of deal sources are on first-name terms with a lot of estate agents. And if they've got certain criteria, like you say, they can go into an estate agent uh, that, they, that they know well, that they're like, known, like, and trusted in, say to, the, say, say to the agents in there, I'm, I'm looking for, this is my criteria. If something's not live yet, as it were, they're not even on the market per se, they'll sometimes, because they know, they trust the deal source, we'll get the deal done, they'll get it over the line, for the estate agents, it's it's a win-win-win situation because they don't have to faff around putting something online. They know they've got a deal that falls within the criteria, and they know if the, if the deal sourcer says they'll take the deal and the investor will take will do the deal, that it's going to get done. But the worst thing, Kieran, I think a deal sourcer can do, and some do do this, by the way, is take properties that are on with an estate agent and market them as off-market per se. I mean, it's not off-market, uh, even if it's just with a deal source, because it's still being marketed, uh, but it's not publicly yeah. marketed. Uh, so a, a good deal source won't take properties from an estate agent which are being marketed on Rightmove or on that agent's website, but there are people who, are, who want to sell discreetly, or there are properties that go on sale, uh, and the seller might say, well, well if you can find a, a buyer pretty quickly, discreetly, even better, and those should flow to a deal sourcer because, like, as you said, an agent should have some people or may have some people who they trust who can, who've got a reputation of getting deals over the line very quickly. Goes to a deal sourcer, it's not public, comes to you, you have a look. If the numbers work and the whole thing works for you, you can pretty much quickly agree a deal and move forward. Yeah. And there's minimal chance of you being gazumped. I've been gazumped a few times, by the way. I laugh yeah. about it when I get gazumped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you can have that. I'll find something better, which, I, which usually happens, by the way. And so you, the lessons are you being gazumped and then you can just, just complete the deal. But it's a nice entryway for somebody who wants to get into property, uh, doesn't have property, can't afford to get into property because they don't have the funds or they don't have the means to the funds. 
start being a deal tosser. And it's a, it's a fantastic learning curve as well because you learn what sort of deals people are looking for, what makes a good deal. What so, works, what doesn't what work. Works, what works, what doesn't work. You network. Build, yeah, you build up your network. And as you know, the stronger your network is, the better you're doing. And That's my friend Rob Moore says, our friend. Yep. Your network is your net, net worth. worth. He's right. And he, yeah, absolutely right. And and that's just it. It's but also you get to know the players in the game, as it were. Um, and once you start learning that, you can go from. And it doesn't take long to do this, by the way. If 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 you put the time and effort into it, you've got to put the you've got to put in the miles. You've got to put in the legwork. But if you if you're prepared to put in the legwork, then you. Learn what a good deal is, learn what makes a good deal, learn what works, learn what the numbers are, learn who to go to for it. Once you've done a couple of good deals with them, you could perhaps approach them and say, well, okay, you've done all of that. I've now made some money off of you. You've made some money off of me and you know we work well together. How about I rent one of the properties from you and we go into a rent to rent agreement? And that goes back to one of our previous strategies that doesn't require much money also. Suddenly you've got cash flow coming in from a rent-to-rent agreement with someone that you know is in property that can mentor you. Or you could take it one stage further and joint venture with them. Absolutely. And, and that, absolute game changer. It is, because what are most property investors and developers looking for? A good deal. Yeah. And if you can show some good deals and say, I've got some good deals that I come across uh, and I don't want to rely on that 1% or 1.5% or half percent or whatever percentage fee that I earn. Uh, these are better deals with, with better margin. I'll, I'll supply you with the deals, but I want uh, a bit more of the action. Yeah. As you've said, it might not be 50-50 by the way, because you're not, you not adding that much value, but it might be 5%, 5%, 10%. Before you know it, the arithmetic and the metrics and numbers are very different now. Oh, absolutely. And more importantly, and and for 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 a lot of people, if they if they're a prolific property investor, chances are that That was a mouthful, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. Try saying that three times. <laughs> <laughs> but if they are a prolific property investor, then You had to think about that, didn't you? I did. Um then chances are they're gonna to want to give back as well, because they've come up through and if you if you're in a position where you can go, I'm adding value. I know I'm not adding much, but maybe rather than fifty fifty, like you say, it'll be five ten percent. But they'll mentor you on the process, and suddenly you've got a mentor, and that is invaluable. I, I truly, truly believe that if you've got someone that's been there, done that, you can learn from the mistakes they've already made, so you don't make them. Because a lot of people who are successful. Don't hoard information. That's something that I, I've found a lot over the years is... Why would they? Exactly. They don't need to. And there's this common misconception that, oh, I can't ask that person for advice because they won't tell me because they're on a different level to me. Well, I think, yeah, try it. If, if, if you take nothing else out of this, just ask. People are surprisingly willing to tell you exactly what's going on and exactly how they're doing things, and exactly how it's working, because they want other people to succeed too. And That's what we've talked about many times, and I usually use the example of Tiger Woods. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a golf fan, as you know, and maybe somebody else is bigger than Tiger now, Rory McIlroy, whoever, I don't know. Uh, but if you and I were at the Belfry or wherever, you know, in the morning having breakfast, and we were walking out uh, for a quick round, for example, 
and you bump into Tiger and he's on his own and you just talk to him and said, Tiger, I'm looking to improve this aspect of my game. Okay? The drive, the putt, whatever it is. Let's call it the, the putt. And I can't quite get it right from here. What do I do? Do you think you say, oh, no, Kieran, I'm not going to share this with you. You'll know how to putt then and then you might become world number one at some point. I'm feeling threatened. Of course I will. I've got five minutes. I'll show you. This is how I do it. Yeah. Because he has so much confidence, he knows how good he is. Absolutely. He's not concerned about anybody else. I mean, oh, somebody feels threatened. No, no. They are happy to share with you because even if you get as good as them, that then means they have to get even better. It just and that's drives them think. to improve. Exactly. And and like you say, that that's how these people think. that they're, they're thinking about improving themselves. They're thinking about how they get better. You're, uh, they've spent years getting to where they are. Absolute years. And uh, more hours than you, you've considered putting into whatever it is you're getting into. Yeah, and they are there because they think differently, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And the difference between amateurs and professionals, as you once said? Amateurs do things so they can get them right. Professionals do things so they never get them wrong in a roundabout way. Yep. And and it's exactly the same with, you know, you ask someone a question. If If they're good at what they do and they're confident in their own abilities, information flows out. And people are more than happy to to give back and to give that information away. It doesn't takes five minutes of their time, and and I think that that is important. And that all starts from deal sourcing, where you're learning the network, you're networking, you're learning to find buyers, and you're going to perhaps property events, finding the people that are in that industry that know what they're doing. So to Good entry-level strategies here for people, like we said last time uh, or the time before, in terms of rent-to-rent, yep. whether it's rent-to-SA or just standard rent-to-rent. And then now you've got deal sourcing, so that's something for people who are looking to get into the world of property without much cash available. Absolutely. And, you know, if if you wanted a, I would say, roadmap is is the way I would I would call it. If you're starting from nothing and you don't have and you don't want to do one of the other strategies that we're going to come on to. Um, start with deal sourcing, go to rent to rent. From rent to rent, you've got cash flow. From that cash flow, you invest in buy to let or flips. From that cash flow, you invest in commercial conversions or bigger deals, bigger buy to rents, bigger flips, bigger BRR. But it all stems from learning your craft with deal sourcing. And How about lease options? How how about lease options? Tell me about lease options, Shaz. Lease options are, again, a nice way to get into property. So I'll talk about a common scenario, Kieran, where let's say somebody has a property. Okay. They become an accidental landlord. Uh, so they, they, they've got their own home that they live in, which is now their new home, but it's their second property. And they've had the, the initial one for for a few years. And let's say either the property is tired or needs work to it, or they've had a run of bad luck where the property's been empty for a while and they've had some bad experiences with the estate agents, for example, or letting agents, so to speak. Uh, estate agents because they've not been able to sell the property for them. Letting agents because whenever they use them, the outcome's not been really good. And they're really fed up. And there are people out there. And they're struggling to keep up their mortgage repayments. Yeah. You can approach them and say, want to buy the property, can't buy it now. But I understand that your, once you get talking to them, obviously, that your main concern is to cover their mortgage. How about we do a deal and let's say over the next five years, I pay your mortgage and, and the year five, 
I'll buy the property at market value, or you can fix the price now, either or, and you, you take over. So five years, you fix up the property, you do the heavy lifting and, and everything that's required. And at that time, whatever, whenever that uh, lease option expires, you make the offer, buy the property. Works for both. Because you haven't got the cash right now, let's, let's I mean, say. I mean, that sounds like a fantastic deal. So, so let me get this straight. I've got a property that I can't manage and I can't seem to make work, but you reckon you can make it work. But I can't afford the monthly repayments on it anymore. But I, I'm not, and, and it's struggled to sell, struggled to rent out, struggled to, to, to do anything with. You're going to cover the costs of my mortgage for me. Guaranteed. For the, Guaranteed. Next, for the next five years. In this example, it could be less or lower. Or, yeah, or, or in, in this example, for the next five years, but you take complete control of the property right now. You turn it into SA, turn it into HMO, turn it into whatever you want to turn it into within reason within the terms of the lease. And then in five years' time, once you've done that, you'll buy it off me at market rates in five years' time or market yeah. rates now? You can do either or. That's the beautiful option. You agree the mechanism for the price. Where do I sign? And that's why it works so nicely. That's just one example, by the way, Kieran. It doesn't have to be that particular scenario. It could be a different scenario where you want to buy a property, somebody wants to sell it. And they can't sell it, for example, and everything's working fine for them. But they're, they're saying, I, I need to get out. It could be that. It could be a, a whole host of other uh, reasons why people want to move that property on from their own uh, portfolio and their estate. And this is a beautiful way just to do it nice and easy. Usually what I find, and this isn't uh, 100% accurate. I see accurate because there's different reasons why people do this. Absolutely. Usually what I find... It's been the property or a property been on the market for a while. Let's say six months. It's not selling, and people need need the cash flow or the money or the mortgage payments are starting to hurt or something else. Or they're, and they're looking to leave the country. They could be going through a divorce. I don't want to run through every single scenario where and there's, why it might there, happen. There's there's a thousand and one scenarios. Whole, there's a plethora of, of reasons, but one of those reasons is they want to get out. You want to get in. So it's a hand in glove fit. It works for both. You don't have a deposit. You've got now a certain t fixed term to raise the deposit. It's a win-win for both parties. So if I, for example, took on your property on a lease option, I covered the mortgage costs, and I turned it into a serviced accommodation business, and I used the, could I use the cash flow from that serviced accommodation business to pay the deposit in five years' time, once it's been an established business for five years? Absolutely. That, that, that is what you'd be looking to do anyway, but yeah, you're right, you could. So, so I wouldn't need the... Even need the deposit to as give long with. as you can keep that running for the next X number of years. Our example five, let's say five years. Yeah. And now you've created enough deposit to buy the property. What's not to like? What's not to what like about that? Yeah, yeah, there absolutely. I mean that that. I mean it's, it it sounds too good to be true. But it is true, and the reason why it's true is uh, something which is too good to be true. Generally speaking is where there's little or no work being done. Something's being marketed or being sold as something better than it is. Uh, and somewhere, somehow, somebody is benefiting at the expense of somebody else. Exactly. That. Here, what you're doing is you're doing the heavy lifting. Okay, looking after the property for five years, you've got that responsibility and the effort and everything that comes with it. Okay, so you've got that. 
partially own the property, the, the, the promise of money down the road, but my costs are being paid. So I'm still responsible and legally the owner. You're going to earn the right to buy the property. For that, you've got to do five years of a hard graft. It's not Absolutely. easy. Absolutely. And, 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 that, and that's, that's, that's and the that's key. why it's not too good to be true. But you're right. It's a beautiful way to get into the world of property. Yeah. And, and that was exactly the point I'm making. It On paper, if you just run through it, as we did quite quickly, you might think it's too good to be true. But let's bear in mind that any of the costs associated with the upkeep of the property now fall to you. So you do still need to put in a little bit to begin with to either convert the property or to have it furnished as a service accommodation or any any of those scenarios, you still need to have that initial small amount. And it's as much smaller amount than buying a property outright, I grant you. But And then you've got to do all the hard work of keeping it tenanted, keeping it operational, making sure it makes money, cash flow, all the rest of it. That That is the hard work you're putting in. So simple, yes, easy. Once again, no. And sometimes when things are too good to be true and you don't understand them, I'd say stay away. So as you know, uh, I was talking to you uh, recently about watching the Bernie Madoff documentary. Yes. Yeah. I haven't done that yet, but I need to. And I think everybody should do because it's very educational and very instructive about what to do and what not to do. And so many people uh, thought at the time that to some extent it was too good to be true. But because they're rate of return was really good, they still took the risk. The point here is if you think it's too good to be true, you don't fully understand it, and you think this doesn't quite work and I'm doing nothing but getting a lot in return, okay, there must be something untoward here, then don't do it, but make sure you do that research. Yep. As always, with any strategy we talk about, with everything we do and with everything, every deal that we that we do, then I... Due diligence, always due diligence. Make sure you know what you're getting into before you get into it. Don't sign something if you don't understand or know what you're doing. Absolutely. But uh, unless you have a good mentor, as you said earlier, there's there's this concept, which I think we may have touched on previously, uh, which is called your entry fee. Yes. Which is you're going to make mistakes, which we do all do as human beings in life, and in the world of property and in business. So everybody has to pay that entry fee just to sharpen their mind and sharpen their experience. Absolutely. And that entry fee for some people can be a very cheap entry fee. If you've got the right mentors, the right structure, you've done your due diligence, and you've done a lot of learning beforehand. For others who, like like me, like you, have gone feet first in, you've made some mistakes on your own because you did things perhaps the wrong way, and suddenly you're sat there with your entry fee in hand going, that, that's made a loss, that hurts. Well, the founder of IBM, Tom Watson, said, if you want to succeed, double your failure rate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. Fa- 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 failures aren't failures, they're lessons. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.